Hello, and welcome to Sellout Sports. Today is September 5th, 2023. I am Tori Rich, joined by Mike Mawson. And we have a full show for you today. We're, uh, we're going to give college football its due. Um, plenty of material. We've got five straight days of, of college football to kick it off. A, we, we can't even do it justice, honestly. But we're going you know, to pack as much as we can into roughly an hour here. I don't know, Monster. We might have to go to three days a week. I think that's uh, you ready. You ready for it? It's, it's in full swing, man. I'm ready. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, we got Colorado, TCU. Um, obviously, you know, Ohio State, Indiana is. Are there issues with Ohio State's offense? We're going to get into that. Obviously, LSU and Florida State. Uh, plenty, plenty of the college football scene to go over. Um, plenty more games we're getting into. Um, we're going to touch on the NFL, obviously, because we we're two days out from. Uh, opening night and uh, a few other odds and ends to catch up on and as always we'll go over our national holidays but uh, I'm going to turn it over to our Heisman voter Michael Mawson to uh, get into I mean I think anyone's got to say it's the game of the week yeah it has to be Colorado TCU Colorado 20.5 20 and a half point underdogs against TCU at TCU and they come out with a victory I mean just insane obviously the main storyline there is, is Travis Hunter uh, you've probably read it, 144 snaps. Uh, what you probably didn't read is there was only 164 plays in the game. He took off 20 snaps between offense and defense. Just absolutely insane. And if you're not familiar, at positions that do a lot of running. Like, he is all over the field. <laughs> like, cornerback and, and DB, obviously. But, like, can you impact winning? It's, it's not that he was just on the field. He was impacting the game literally from the first series. He, he broke up a pass on third down to, to force a punt. And then they, go, they score a touchdown. Two, two plays later, after the punt, he catches a first down. His first is seven. He, he caught seven passes for first downs, drew two DPIs, one in the end zone where he would have had a touchdown, but the, uh, the, the TCU corner just, just tackled him in the end zone. Uh, so, I mean, just insane, the from, impact that he had. From, it really was from wire to wire. He, he impacted the game. Um, I mean, I mean, Dion, Dion is already uh, campaigning for him to be Heisman. And is, is it really, can you really argue with him at this at stage? Halftime, it, like, it, it took two quarters for, for, for Dion's yeah. Heisman, uh, <laughs> Heisman pitch, which is just hilarious. I saw that clip actually, and I thought it was after the game because I had to go back and, and record to watch it. But uh, just insane. I mean, his stat line doesn't do him justice. 11 catches for 119 yards. That's a good day for a wide receiver. Um, Even when his quarterback threw for five ten, but yeah. but but still, I mean, it, it really was only only three tackles, two pass breakups, and an interception. But it's just like it, you have to watch the game to do it justice. Uh, he should have had more offensively. Uh, that first that first offensive possession, he had a touchdown. He beat TCU's main corner on a fade, just ran down the ran, just ran right by him on the left sideline, and uh, one of the only missed throws from Shador, Shador all game. Uh, he underthrew it and. Uh, so it would have been like a 43-yard touchdown. Didn't have it, but um, just just an all-time like welcome to FBS level. Like people are asking, can these Jackson State players compete? You know, in a Power Five? Well, I, you know, the answer is right there. Um, and then defensively, he saved a touchdown twice in in one possession. He chased down uh, who is it? Bailey, the the TCU running back. And, he ran for 74 yards. Looked like he was. was it, they, they had a they had a Sanders at running back themselves. <laughs> it was all Sanders all over the place. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one was Emmanuel Bailey. But you're right, they did have a Sanders as well. 
Um, yep, Emmanuel Bailey. Yep. He, uh, you know, he looked like he was going for the house. He was 70 yards down the field, and and uh, Hunter just tracks him down from the opposite. Hunter was on the opposite side of the field, and he's like 100 plays in at this point. And he sprints down the field, tackles him. Okay, probably still going to be a touchdown, right? Yep. Okay, so four the balls on what the four yard line, third and one, and they want to they run a wheel route out of the running back, a play that TCU act or uh, excuse me Colorado got a touchdown earlier, earlier in the, the their first touchdown came from that same from that same route, and it looks like a surefire touchdown, and he just dives and makes a hell of an interception, saves seven points right there. Yeah, it's just. Um. You know, and that's it, like Travis Hunter's like the headline on this, in addition to, you know, Deion Sanders' first big FBS game and everything. But, um, but I mean, this is an instant classic. Even, you, even if you remove all the Deion Sanders, Shador Sanders from it, uh, yeah. uh, Sanders' other uh, son, plays, Shiloh, yeah. Uh, yep. Shiloh, plays he led the team in tackles with 10. I mean, uh, you take all that away. And, and all those are incredible storylines. Take all that away. This game's an instant classic. The, the way. I mean, so like I, I say that, but also like uh, Shador, you know, he 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 made a couple of mistakes, but that's going to happen when you throw the ball upwards of uh, I think fifty times, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. No, sorry, thirty-eight or forty-seven. Um, but yeah, when you throw the ball forty-seven times, and here's the thing: in a forty-five, forty-two game, not knowing much about Shador Sanders going in, uh, how many yards would you have guessed Shador Sanders rushed for, knowing he's Deion Sanders' son? You know, you, you're probably expecting him to be a guy that uses his athleticism. Guess how many yards uh, his stat line says? Man, I don't think he rushed that much, but like you, th- you would think he so, did. So, sa- so sacks go negative. He, right. it, was, it says five for negative thirty-two. Yeah, that. I mean, he didn't run like he didn't need to use his athleticism at all. He just stood in the pocket. And the, and th- and the thing is, I don't like. I don't think he's the the athlete that Dion was. You know, it's just like in in terms of pure athleticism, speed, and agility, and all of that. I, I was pretty impressed with him as a quarterback. He's he's uh, he looks a little slight. He looks a little small. Um, I don't know if he's an NFL prospect down there. Is he, is he a sophomore right now? Did he play he freshman yeah, year at Jackson? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess only time's going to tell, right? But I thought he I think t- he is. I mean, he you know he had, I mean, he had Georgia, he had Alabama looking at him at, right out of high school. So like, those programs didn't have a question of whether he could play at this level. I mean, I couldn't believe the cushion that the TCU defensive backs in the beginning were giving, but but he he took what the defense gave him, and I'll give him a lot of credit for that. I I uh, I noted a couple of bad decisions. One was is a third and three, and he rolled out right, and then he just took a four yard loss for no reason. TCU ended up blocking the field goal. I mean, you know how it goes. Like yeah. th- like on a on a forty nine yard field goal, you change your trajectory a little bit, and so that that could have been why TCU blocked the field goal. I think that's a big mistake. Um, like you said, he he underthrew Hunter at one I, point. He, um, yeah, he underthrew him twice, actually. The second time Hunter was able to adjust to the ball, it was third and 16 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Colorado was at their 19, so like they're they're deep in their own territory. And uh, yeah, C- Colorado's down three, I believe. And he underthrows him again, and Hunter just come, comes back, tracks the ball, high points it, 43-yard catch. Oh, oh, that play like extends that's, the that's, drive. Well, that, well, that's I mean, that's what the game on the line. I, I don't want to say yeah, game like, on the line, but no, it really is the way. Like Sanders had just taken a sack. It's third and sixteen. Third and sixteen. And he and you he, need it. You need it there. It put it puts it up, uh, and, and you know, and trust Hunter to his credit. But yeah, Hunter comes down with thirty nine yard thirty nine yard catch to keep the drive alive on the on the way to their to their game game winning drive. Um, 
So just, just unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I don't want to take anything away from TCU either. Yeah, they, it was a hell like, of a game. I the, mean, we haven't even mentioned them. In the, yeah, in the second half, it's six lead changes and six possessions. Yeah, just... And this is, a, it was, a, a, I think they said 106 degrees on the field. I mean, and they just, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pro defense guy, you know, and this was not a defensive game, but it was incredibly entertaining. This isn't like that chiefs Rams game that everyone's like, Oh, it's the best game in NFL history. Shut the fuck up. No, yeah, it wasn't. I'm excited like, that you're, you're excited about this game. Cause I was watching it. I was like, is Tory going to like this game or is he going to shit on this no, game? Because no. it was a fucking hell of a way to kick off the college there's, football there's, season. There's nothing, there's nothing to shit on. Um, it, it was, uh, in a game like that, I, I don't think you can expect a lot of great defense. It's so freaking hot, and it's so hard to, you know, maintain that level of intensity. And that's the thing. That's another thing I noticed is just, like, I mean, they want to play for Dion. I yeah, mean, this, yeah. This that, dude, that pregame speech, I mean, they were coming out fired up. If, yeah, you haven't, would, if you haven't heard the pregame speech, just stop this podcast right now and, and go listen to it. Absolutely. I, I mean, it gave me chills. I, like, I, want, I wanted to go run through a brick wall myself. So I hear you. Um, and then the way the game ended, I mean, like just, I mean, then, you know, we say there was no defense, but then a great defensive play. Um, yeah. Uh, was it my, my, so miles slusher, the safety comes yeah. up, it hits a six, seven, two sixty tight end in the flat. It stocks him, stops him a couple yards short of the sticks on fourth and nine. Yeah. He throws it, just, you know, just past the line of scrimmage. You're thinking, okay, like there's a lot of space on the right side there. Okay. Yes. You see the safety coming up, but you expect the, the six, seven tight end, you know, six seven two sixty to beat six feet two hundred. And he ankle picked him. And he ankle picked him. And he, I mean, credit to the tight end, he extended. He almost got it because he's so fucking tall. He extended about two three yards, and he was about a yard short. And that, you know, that's a game right there. Um, also, I gotta ask you: was was I, I don't know exactly how all the scheduling works. So, like, did did TCU schedule this game with Colorado, expecting them to be some slapdick tune up game? No, no. So in college football, it's this has to be fixed. It was scheduled in 2015. They, they scheduled two. Colorado scheduled Texas A&M for 2020 and 2021, home and home. And then they did TCU, or yeah, TCU home and home for 2022 and this year. So it was scheduled, the earliest game was scheduled seven years in advance, which is, it's so shitty. But even then, Colorado wasn't, TCU was already a, a solid program and Colorado I mean, wasn't, right? Yeah, but they weren't where, you know. They weren't 1-11. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. And TCU wasn't, you know, the reigning national runner up right yeah. so yeah um i don't think anybody expected that but to go back to uh to the quarterback really quick i mean dion said after the game that his son was it was personal for him not to not to get all mj on you but um tcu's offensive coordinator was out of camp and he wasn't looking at uh Shem Shador. Shador. Yeah. he wasn't looking at Shador at all he didn't pay him any attention and Shador said i'll never go back to the school or he wasn't at TCU at the time, but he's like, I'll never play for this guy. And he's like, he, he wanted to make it personal. And he put up 510 and a school record in his first game. I mean, as like when I, I heard, I think all the, that, I think that's kind of factored into the why motivation he and why he didn't run, to be honest with you. He's like, I, I, I don't even need to run. I'll show like, it on the like I, yeah. I'm athletic, but I can just beat you with my arm. Well, I think, I think Dion more than anybody is probably aware of the, the stigma that follows, you know, "Quote unquote athletic quarterbacks, right. but a lot of time black quarterbacks, right? right? And, and so, it, you know, coming from the from the swack too, it just adds another element to that absolutely. too. Obviously, so he's so he was like, and I so I think 
I think it was probably from Dion too. Like, no, show him you're a fucking passer today. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and, you got the big no, you got the big noon kickoff. Like everyone's watching this game. Yeah. Like, show him, show him what you can do. So I I think that definitely played into it. I think Dion is just a master motivator because I mean, like this whole how you, like, how do you not want to play for Dion Sanders? I mean, it, like, it, I mean, I I don't want to say I laughed, but it was just like he created this. You know, yeah, there were. I'm sure there were plenty of doubters. Like I'll tell you right now, I wasn't. I didn't. Did I expect him to beat TCU? No, but I wasn't doubting Dion. I knew that. I knew that Colorado was headed for big things, just maybe not this quick. Um, but yeah, just like I mean, again, that pregame speech was like, like everybody doubted us. Nobody, you know, all the non-believers is, and like all these fucking. You could just hear it. Like the man, ah! the like man my, next to you was a blessing. Like oh, geez, let's the, go. So play my theme song. <laughs> so, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I, I was fired up just from that. I mean, this is ninety. It was ninety new players. Not right? yeah, fifty-three transfers 53 and then transfers like and so. So we didn't even recruits. we haven't even gotten into into uh, you know Colorado's running back, their freshman running back who just. Five five catches, hundred thirty five yards, two touchdowns. So, and another one on the ground, I think. Right? Yeah, 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 and yeah, six for twenty four and, and a touchdown on the ground. I think. Um, I, I go back to Travis Hunter. Like, I'm I'm sorry, but those two touchdowns that uh, Edwards, right? That, that that's their their running back. Sorry, he's a freshman. Um, do to do. Yeah, Dylan Edwards. Yeah, uh, freshman running back. Both of those touchdowns he caught. So he caught one on the opening drive. They were at like the five or six, and uh, they had Hunter and another receiver on the near side, and they both just ran slants, cleared out, and running back versus linebacker, man on man, tosses the wheel route, touchdown. Um, like I like I mentioned, TCU tried to do that on Hunter's interception. He read it, jumped in front of it, intercepted it, saved saved points, and then on the fourth and two when they needed it most. Yes. Uh, Same thing. Hunter Hunter on that near side runs a slant, it clears just, it out, and then he, he was he at, the co- Yeah, the linebacker was way late, and then he it, was at. A, yeah, the linebacker was about at the line. Of, he was at the sticks essentially with with Edwards, and Edwards just ran right by him and yeah, he seventy yard right. touchdown yep, yeah, or whatever it was, and then yeah, and then accelerated past the safety, and yeah, so it was just like she's. Just a great, a fun game to watch, and uh, I can't say enough about Sanders right now. And you know, everybody's you know everybody's on him. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Colorado take a little bit of a step back. Uh, you know, just but I mean, you know, because it was all that preparation for Week One, right? It's I, I think you know I, I'm not ready to anoint them like the pack. You know, the Pac-12 champions. Oh, yet definitely not. Like I that, mean, you got Oregon, you got Washington, you yeah. got good team, USC, obviously. But but they I mean, are must they are must watch television now. Like. They're they're must watch, and I think they are. I think they'll get a bowl game this year. Like I'm not trying to overreact, but like no TCU's solid. again. Like like we're we're putting all the focus on Colorado, but TCU played a hell of a game. I, just, I looked at their schedule early, like, and I think they're like a seven or eight win team. I mean, Nebraska didn't impress me. Like they should they can they can win that game. Like if they lose, I'd understand. Colorado State should be a win. Oregon, okay, that's a loss. USC, I, I'm telling you, watch out for that USC game. I, I'm not high on USC. I think that could be the game where we'll they... See. Well, I mean, and plus, I mean, Travis Hunter playing. That's a showcase game against Caleb Williams, right? I mean, like, I don't know. There's just, like, there's so many circle your calendar games right yeah. there. I mean, I think Oregon is too, right? I mean, yeah. it's just... I don't know. I, I, I definitely want to watch Colorado every week, right? Yeah, now. it's exciting. They're going to be like the league pass team to put it in basketball terms. So, you know, who are you watching? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're on my, they're my favorite, on, on my favorite list. But so. um, to a 
coach that maybe isn't as motivating. I think that's putting it lightly. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's shift gears to uh, uh, from yeah, the guy you want to run through a brick wall to um, to huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Uh, yeah, Michigan beats East Carolina thirty to three. We don't need to get into the game at all. Uh, in case you're living under a rock, Jim Harbaugh's suspended. Um, first three games, school suspension. Um, so he Which seems pretty silly, by the way. Like, I will throw that. Yeah, in. no, 100%. Um, I don't think he should be, but, you know, he is. Okay, let's move on. So he is suspended. All players, all 11 guys on offense, first drive of the, first drive of the year, come out in his train formation. They line up together, and they all put four in the sky for him. Like, I... Like a, like, out a, of like a tribute to a yeah to out, of, a, out of context did Jim Harbaugh die? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's just a weird move to do, like uh, for a self-imposed three-game suspension against teams that you're going to clobber. Yeah, against teams that you're going to clobber for a guy that you know, what for the past like five years, like is he going to be in Michigan in, in, in the next? Yeah, year? Like, like he's like, taking like what <laughs> Vikings, like you know, yeah. he, he very he's much interviewed with the NFL for like the past three years. He flirts years, with him. He's like, yeah. yeah, you know, maybe I need a pay pay bomb player. You know, let me go flirt with minnesota really quick so let's not let's not you know pretend he you know bleeds michigan blue and gold like. <laughs> he's a michigan man don't <laughs> through and through yeah. um but that's not all like he got so so that's not on him necessarily that's on the players okay so we'll cut him some slack until uh two days later at his press conference i don't know why he's holding press conferences when he's suspended for one but okay whatever um the media asks him about his you know about game day responsibilities as a as a head coach okay you know fair question Kind of a softball, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, here you go. So he says, quote, be the guardian of victory is probably the number one job. That's not getting enough play by itself. So (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) (laughs) Again, like I said, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Making sure the decisions you're making are complementary in all three phases. Okay, that's a good, you know, that's. That's solid. Okay. I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's not it's, providing anything, it's but general coach speak. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's generic. Yeah. There's no offense. There's no defense. It's a wee fence. That's what's getting all the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate the sentiment, but if you say that to me pregame, I was like, I'm not running through a brick wall. I'm, no, I'm walking out of the locker room confused. He, <laughs> like, like, what am I even doing here? It's like, I'm going to, I'm transferring to Colorado at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like, he legitimately sounds like he's a Disney head coach for like, you know, he's in a Disney movie. Like, that's not... Not even, because Denzel Washington's in Remember the Titans, like, his speeches are good. I have plenty of complaints about that movie, but that's not one of them. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll throw you something else that you, pro- you know, probably haven't seen. He's Troy Bolton's dad in High School Musical. Okay, no. I yeah, seen yeah. It. I've he, seen I've seen the South Park making fun of it. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen High School Musical. <laughs> but when you're when you're a head football coach at, in the Big Ten is is sounding like that, you've you've got a problem. I think I just became an Ohio State fan just based off of these <laughs> comments alone. <laughs> like, you just want to see Ohio State <laughs> throttle them for that. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of Ohio State, though, um, so this was the game I watched like the most in you know in detail um, and really analyzed it. And I, it because like the first thing that everybody said, so they see the score twenty three to three over at Indiana, and it's like, what's wrong with Ohio State's offense? Hand up, that was me. I did not (laughs) did not watch this. No, to be fair, if you didn't watch the game, you might be like, oh, what the fuck happened there. Okay, no, but like if anybody that watched the game comes away like wondering what's wrong with Ohio State's offense, like nothing. There's nothing wrong with Ohio State's offense. Indiana played that 
Indiana played not to lose by 40. That's, that was 100% their strategy. There was a, they're down 7-3. to three. They have a third and 10 from like their own 30, hand the ball off. Uh, it, that, Big 10 offense, baby. 100% the strategy was to just kill the clock. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the rules a little bit more in a second about how a first down doesn't stop the clock anymore except inside two minutes. And, yeah, so Indiana used that to their advantage and gave themselves something to feel good about. I mean, I, like week one's probably a big recruiting weekend. It, you know, it's at Indiana. And like, hey, you know, some, sometimes when you're in Indiana, especially with a, with a freshman quarterback or two freshman quarterbacks, I'll get into that in a second too. But, yeah, when you, when you have young, a young offense, yeah, they're, you know, you're going to play it like a moral victory. And I feel like Indiana came away feeling okay about losing twenty three to three, and that and that's the strategy that they employed. Um, Can I throw this to you though? It was shocking to see Marvin Harrison Jr. stat line: two catches, eighteen yards. And again, if you just like, if especially you, considering, so he his high school quarterback is now the quarterback. Like they have yeah, rapport. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I'm telling you, you're not going to see a stat line like that again from Marvin Harrison Jr. It was first of all, Indiana is very solid defensively. Um, again, you have week one to prepare for them. You know, like it's just like it, early on favors defenses. Yeah, Indiana's solid defensively. They were at home. They were motivated. It's one of their biggest games of the year. They wanted to keep it somewhat respectable. Yeah, and I mean, and, and twenty points against at you know hosting Ohio State's very respectable. If you're Indiana, dude, they have a stud at middle linebacker Alex Casey. Obviously, he's like I don't think he's gonna be a high round pick because he's a linebacker, and that's just how the world works now. But like. This guy made several tackles for loss. It, um, Ohio State, and that's, again, like I don't worry about offensive lines not gelling week one. You know, college, you don't have preseason or anything like that to iron these things out. And, yeah, at times, especially in the running game. That's Ohio, a good point. Yeah, you don't have scrimmages or. And, and it's so, like, I mean, it makes something like uh, Colorado or even – I don't, who did Oregon slap a shit out of in, in Portland State, points? I think. Yeah. yeah, but so putting 81 points up, but, but against what, right? But basically in those games, in, an Ohio, in like a conference game against a solid conference opponent on the road, I'm not that worried about Ohio State's offensive line, you know, not, you know, looking completely cohesive yet. It, like, give it, give it some time. I'm sure they're going to be fine. McCord? McCord looked good to me. Um, again, like the stat line's not going to impress you. There were only 56 total snaps in the first half between the two teams. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so when you look at the stat line, and then by the time, you know, by the, by the second half, it's 20 to three, or, or sorry, they went to the half 10 to three, I believe. Um, but McCord's like almost all of his decisions I liked. Uh, one of the only ones I didn't, he almost threw a pick uh, as, they, as they were going in to go up 10 to three. It could have been could have been a touchdown, and yeah, that one could have been an interception. The one interception that he did throw, I mean, I didn't like that because that was in the red zone, you know, with the with the half, you know, winding down, right? Right. The one interception he did throw was Got on a, was there. was on a fourth and two, and it was pretty obvious that it was going to the fullback in the flat, and he got he got crushed and knocked down. Um, and so he tried to make something happen, threw back against his body and threw a pick. But on fourth down, that's a punt. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah it's not it's, quite a punt. It, it wasn't a punt. Yeah. It was like a 10-yard throw against his body, but there was nowhere else to go with it. And that's plus yardage there. If, in the, there in no, the it really thing. was. The return was only like five or yeah. five or 10 yards, so it was fine. Um, so the interception goes against him, but but it shouldn't. Um, you know, 
all of the other throws were where they needed to be. He he looked composed. He looked good in the pocket. Uh, he just didn't really have that many opportunities. And honestly, I mean, Ryan Day is obviously a very good football coach and a better football coach than me. But I didn't shout out UNH baby. <laughs> but I didn't think he was. Oh yeah, you and both of our alma maters won this this week too. UNLV beat up on an FCS team. Oh yeah, it's probably their only win of the year. Yeah, Ryan but, Day, uh, quarterback under Chip Kelly. There you go. Um. So Ryan Day, Ryan Day knows what he's doing, but I just I didn't I was kind of surprised how little he trusted McCord. And I want to get into this too. The two quarterback system is this like I know I know two quarterback systems have been around forever, but it seems pretty prominent right now. Is this like a because of the transfer portal, so you're giving more guys playing time? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, I don't. I, you're just trying not to piss off both of them, and I mean, you're hopefully you're not burning a, a year of eligibility by you know maximizing their amount of games that they can I think they can play three or four now I believe before being redshirted which it used to be just one uh, I believe they made that change a couple years ago but um but yeah just to get back to your point about the transfer portal I, I don't know like you have a lot of new guys coming into the system in general maybe you're just trying to see who gels better I mean at a at a program like Ohio State you're gonna have you're gonna have three or four very talented quarterbacks right it's it's just a it's a weird balancing act because like you know he brought that there's that whole like oh ride the hot hand thing right it's like well you gotta sometimes you gotta let a guy work through some problems too it's it's just a great debate right like it's it's just one of those things but um you know uh, shout out to Devin Brown the other quarterback who was brought in for basically one series didn't throw a pass and then he came in late in the game too but um. Uh, but he's but he's wearing number thirty three in honor of uh, slinging Sammy Baugh. Do you know who Sammy Baugh is, Mike? I don't. Well, he's basically I don't want to say he's the uh, inventor of the forward pass, but he was. What's his uh, nickname? Actually, uh, slinging Sammy Baugh, and he still has. He still. I, th- I feel like I've heard of slinging Sammy before. When, when you heard Nick Folk t- and uh, maybe Peyton Manning once um, tying the NFL record for touchdown passes yes, in the game, they yes. were t- they were tying good old Sammy Baugh. Okay, so he's a from, he's a Jeopardy. He's a leather helmet. Yeah. Or, was it leather? It was. If if it's not leather helmet, it's pretty damn close. Yeah. That's who Sammy Baugh is. So so he's a Jeopardy answer. But he, it, no, I mean I, I I don't want to disrespect him. Like no, that, no, I, I'm saying I'm I'm giving Devin Brown some credit because he's a 19 year old, 20 year old kid that yeah, know, that, know, that knows that oh. knows respect for the game, man. So yeah, I mean that's that's what you're gonna get. I, I bet he's a Midwest guy without without looking him up. I bet he's either like in the South or or in the Midwest, probably. But anyway, I just. You know, it's just food for thought with a lot of these teams going to quarterbacks, um, especially with the rule changes. I mean, was it Chip Kelly that said something about <laughs> your uh, go ahead and go ahead and sell all your ads because he was pissed. He, what yeah, they he only said had, that at, said that at halftime. Yeah, he, they only had four possessions in the in the first half. And then, I mean, anybody that's watched college football in the last what fifteen years knows that Chip Kelly likes to, you know, play as quickly as he can and yeah, get as much with, offensive play. plays in as he can and. It's not very friendly to him right now, so uh, maybe he needs to take a you know a page out of Dion's playbook. I mean, they're like because again they were just playing massive amounts of like the pace was just insane. Yeah, um, you know, and my point with that was you know like because the clock is going to keep running though, right? Like this is actually going to lead to fewer reps for for your quarterbacks, so it's almost like it's even less incentive to go ahead and run your. Um, run your second quarterback out there. Cause you like, think about you're getting less opportunities on film, you know, right. like, you know, I mean, that's for every position, but you know, where do you want it the most for your quarterbacks? Right. So, 
I th- I feel like it's less incentive to go with a two quarterback system, not more, you know. But anyway, um, the, my biggest moral of the story there is I just I there's nothing to worry about with Ohio State. Indiana's solid defensively. They they definitely chewed clock the whole game, and yeah, the, like twenty three to three was what Indiana was playing for, and that's what they got. <laughs> so fair um, enough. I I like uh, I like Ohio State. Actually, Travion Henderson, he like. You know, I'll I'll respect to Marvin Harrison Jr. Like he might be the best offensive player on that team. So what? I mean, Ohio State's just stacked talent wise. They always are. I mean, you just look like look at the recent guys in the league, right? You got Chris Olave, killing it. You got Garrett Wilson, killing it. It's just like Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a great fit in Seattle. I mean, they're wide receivers they've produced recently under Brian Hartline, former wide receiver for them. It's just, it's impressive. You know, speaking of final scores, LSU 45, Florida State 24 doesn't really tell the tale of, of the game. Um, I mean, Florida State just, uh, or excuse me, you know, Florida State won 45 to 24. Um, LSU just got clobbered in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were, LSU was up 17-14 at, at the half, despite a goal line stand at the one on their first possession. They were they were at the one first and goal, run up the middle, stuffed, pass, pass, sack, turnover on downs. I mean that that has to be you know, that that's a tough start for any team. But but to, I mean but that's championship defense from Florida yeah State that's too, that's fair. Know? But you know they also had a muffed punt and and they turned the ball over, and then they had another turnover on downs within the within the red zone as well. So all those points being left on the board and they still had a lead at halftime. And then third quarter, third quarter, it's, it's 24, 17 LSU's ball midfield, second and 10. And they, they throw a out to the sidelines. The wide receiver slips on the ground and the Florida state guy picks it off. And then LSU just gave up. Like it's just, I don't know what else to say. Florida state just ran over them and, and embarrassed them. My my observation was LSU's D line uh, started to look tired. I don't remember if um, what's his name there Mason Mason Smith, who's like could be a top ten pick. Um, he was like he, uh, he he missed. Did he miss last year entire last last season with an injury, a knee injury, and then he was like jumping up in the air celebrating and came out of the game. I don't know if Mason Smith came back in the game. I don't remember, but. Um, it seemed like the depth on the D line might have been an issue for LSU, and yeah. they, and they just looked tired. You know, they, they, they didn't look like they had the same explosiveness towards the end of the game, and, and of course that could, you know, that could come back to just kind of giving up. You know what I mean? Like they just demoralized. I, I was just really surprised, especially on that first possession. I mean, I've heard a lot about the Tigers' offensive line, and you know they got guys that are going to be high draft picks and. They just couldn't get it in from one yard. Like that was that was surprising. I mean, granted, they ran it once on that. They only ran it once, but how do you not get it in? I know, and especially like you, you see guys. Uh, I saw a lot this weekend um, with pace. You know, like like you have a thirty yard gain, you get stopped at the one or the two, and they just and it, it's like they obviously already have it planned. They're just, they're just going to line up and and run a dive, right? Um, you know, what, before the defense can get set. Obviously, this was you know. Was it all inside the, inside the ten? Yeah, turnover yeah. on downs at the thirteen. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. Um, 
but no, I mean, it's like, like what's wrong with what's wrong with running the ball down there? You know, like it, it, you're, it's tougher on a quarterback. Get you know, run pass option at least something. You know, yeah, seriously. Um, I don't know. I it from what I saw that that's that was kind of the story for me was you know the line play was what it came down to. And um, did you see the uh, the Florida State uh, double pass early early in the third quarter? I mean, that that was a wild play. So. Uh, you know, hats off to LSU. They they read it right away. The DBs trailed yes. like as soon uh, as soon as the he went behind the line of scrimmage. He caught the pass, and then he's getting rushed. And the uh, the receiver Deuce Span. Span, that's who. It was, I, yeah. I haven't seen a wide receiver have that much poise in a, you know throwing the ball. At, like, yeah, was he a high school quarterback? I, 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 that I was a nice scramble. Honestly, yeah, he scrambled about twenty yards, crossed the you know, flipped the side of the field, and and found Johnny Wilson. Uh, you know, good guy to find so six, what seven or, yeah, or whatever yeah. he is. You Can't know, big, miss him. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it was like a you know, fifteen yard gain, but it could have been easily an interception if he just throws it there because you know that's the design of the play and that's what he's told to do, or if he takes that sack, it, it was probably a fifteen yard sack. So um, you know, they go down and score on that possession, and it, it stays close until the third, and then yeah, that interception really just they they were done, and. Um, I think I mistakenly said this game was in Tallahassee on our last episode. Uh, it wasn't. It was in Orlando, Camping Camping World Stadium. But might as well have been in t- Tallahassee because uh, Florida State fans, I mean, not that far away, but they showed up. Like, it was a Florida State home game through and through. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, you mentioned Johnny Wilson. It's, uh, you know, he's probably the more, maybe the more heralded of the two just because he's massive. Um and I and I kind of liked him. You know, I saw a few plays like he's he's a willing blocker. Maybe not a total mauler, but you know he could be like in that Kyle Pitts mode uh, mold. Um, but really, the one uh, so is uh, uh, Keon Coleman. Yeah, um, Michigan State transfer. Three, three three touchdowns in the game. Like he like he's probably the best talent on that offense. And he I, looked good. I mean, he high pointed a ball in the end zone, caught it over DB. I mean, he was just really really impressive. Let's, I don't know. Let's keep an eye on FSU. Uh, Colorado and FSU don't play, do they? Because oh no, they don't. That I mean, would be oh, that yeah. would be beautiful. The Dion um, Bowl, the yeah, primetime bowl, definitely. But uh, anyway, so um, you know, it, this w- this wouldn't be on brand if uh, if there wasn't some bitching. So um, just uh, you know, after we recapped the the biggest college football games, I just got to say, man, I I'm so tired of the, all all the games being stopped for these targeting calls. It's out of control. Uh-oh. Or or these targeting reviews, and half of them aren't even targeting. Like like Mike, do we know what a dirty hit looks like? Do you? I do. Like what, what, I mean, what, like I mean, what is a dirty hit to you? To me, it's it's yeah, it's a guy that's defenseless, coming in late, you know, with that has a predictable. This is the thing for me. I think this needs to be added to the definition. Had a predictable path, you know, that the offensive player had a predictable path, because. Yeah, when it's a receiver going up for the ball and you go to take his head off, yeah, that's a dirty hit because, like, he was going for the ball. You you targeted his head. Okay. Antonio Brown's or, never been the same since that. Uh, <laughs> um, and there's a million examples of yeah, that, right? Yeah, but yeah. but my point being is I, watch, uh, I watched a little bit of uh, Louisville, Georgia Tech. I kind of like Louisville. They, they seem pretty physical. Um, and Louisville linebacker sticks the running back in the hole – and it ends up being helmet to helmet. I'm sorry, but that's see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is not a predictable path. You don't know what the running back's going to do. So, 
every time a fucking helmet collides with a helmet, we don't need to go into the booth. I mean, like, like the, the games are still going to be just as long because, like, in that game, there were two targeting reviews, one which ended up being a bullshit ejection, but there were two targeting reviews in the first six minutes of the fucking game. Yeah, college football's had a targeting problem for the last probably four or five years where the, the reviews have just really... And you should literally... No, I'm sorry. As soon as the guy is a runner and, again, has an unpredictable path of movement, like, I, I, I swear, like, I'm going to campaign for this to be, like, the, the language that is added to the rule. Because as soon as he's a runner, he doesn't have a predictable path of movement. Okay? So, like, again, if it's a, if it's a receiver across the middle... Or if he's being like held up in the pile and you come in and you just fucking right. clean him out. Like, the, yeah, that too, right? But every time a helmet collides with a helmet doesn't need to be a fucking penalty and an ejection that, that completely changes the game. Like, so in that game, a corner, so the Georgia, sorry, the Georgia Tech Louisville game, Louisville corner got ejected in the first quarter for a quarterback who slid way fucking late. I'm sorry, like, they're giving it to these, they're letting these quarterbacks have it, have it both ways. Like you can slide as late as you want, but because you were going down and like he made any contact with your helmet, now you're ejected from the game. And it depends on you know, obviously the player. If it's an impact guy, that can really you know impact your whole season. Um, so you said he got ejected like nine minutes in, so he'll be good for the next game. But if you get ejected in the second half, it could be the first play of the second half. You have to sit out the first half of the right. next game. Right. I mean, it's, it it really is impactful. And so they like they need they need to get this under control. I understand you want to make the game safer, but you can't take away all helmet to helmet hits. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. And how many helmet to helmet hits happen on a fullback colliding with a linebacker? Why don't you give a shit about those? Why don't you give a shit about a running back lowering his head into the linebacker? Like I remember like a year ago of defensive back this was an NFL play, but a defensive back literally went down trying to make an interception. And his head collided with the receiver, and he has just—he's supposed to have just as much right to the ball. Right. Like, I feel like I feel it was like 49ers and Packers or something. Like, I'll have to find this one, but it was one of the most ridiculous calls I've ever seen. Personal foul completely changes the game. And, and did it wipe out the interception? Like I don't think he actually made the interception. Oh, he was okay. going for the ball. Gotcha, gotcha. But these are the kinds of things that they're calling. And and, and I'm not—I'm not just talking about this. And 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 I also want to put the disclaimer on it. Is you know, there's, I'm sure there's all those people. Oh, this is why people don't want to be referees for youth sports. I'm not talking about youth sports. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're that dickhead at your eight-year-old's baseball game where there are no scouts, shut the fuck up. Like, that guy's a volunteer or he's getting paid, like, 20 bucks. Like, leave him alone. All right? But in, in, uh, I looked this up, multiple sources, D1 refs make at least 60K a year. So that's a full-time job. It's, it's a job. And so, no, fuck you. Get it right. And it's not, and, and, to, and again, in their defense, it's not just them. This is obviously coming down from the NCAA, just right. like it's coming down from Goodell and the owners in the NFL. But, like, enough is enough. Like, football is a dangerous game. And if you start taking that, if you start taking the essence of the game out, I, I just, I don't understand where they're going with this. It's, it's gone too far. And that's not my only complaint. I, I thought... In the Colorado and TCU game, there was an absolutely ridiculous roughing the passer on TCU's second-to-last touchdown drive. Again, could have been a completely game-changing penalty. And he wasn't even late. I think it maybe like a finger grazed the guy's helmet. Like, yeah, I think I think I remember that. Didn't cause it, it didn't cause any fucking brain damage, so like, why are we doing this? <laughs> is why? that your measure now? <laughs> Did this play cause brain damage? Well, what the fuck is the point of roughing the passer? Like, if it's a, like, if it, because it wasn't late. 
It wasn't a late hit. So, it was like, I assume the roughing the passer was for a quote-unquote blow to the head. And a finger touched the guy, back of the guy's helmet, it looked like. So, no, fuck that. And also, announcers, shut the fuck up about it, too. Because I'm tired of you pointing it out when you think it should have been targeting. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't fucking bring more attention to it. I, I'm so done with it. And then... They need to say something, Tori. It's a three-hour broadcast. No, just fucking say, uh, no. So just say good fucking hit, <laughs> and fucking move on. And and the refs need to grow the fuck up because another unsportsmanlike conduct, and they're not even consistent with the shit. In the Indiana Ohio State game, Indiana corner. This was the play that uh, Marvin Harrison got hurt. So Harrison came down like fucked up on his shoulder. Corner signals incomplete, and then putting a sword, you know, putting the sword away, right? He gets, a, he gets an unsportsmanlike conduct, keeps Ohio State's drive going. I believe Ohio State – no, I think that might have been the one where they went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. So it didn't end up completely changing the game. I could be wrong about that, though. Anyway, so then a couple drives later, Marvin Harrison Jr., he scores – or thinks he scored a touchdown. It turns out he stepped out of bounds, and they got a penalty for that. They did not ever mention the fact that he flexed on the corner, literally flexing. In front. And by the way, I don't give a fuck. Like, like let them do whatever they want. I really don't care. Um, but it needs to be consistent. He flexes right in front of the corner. They didn't call the penalty for that. Right. And by the way, yeah, so he stepped out of bounds. For some reason, that's a personal foul. to come Yeah, but, yeah if you're the first one to touch the ball, it's a, uh, uh, illegal touching, I think. is the... No, I feel like they called that a personal foul. Oh, really? Uh, which I don't know why. It's... it's it's a flag. I know it's I'd a flag. To, yeah. uh, that anyway, the ref throws the hat. But they know. didn't even mention, you know, if you want to, if, if you are on this huge crusade against players, you know, getting excited or some shit, then okay, then why didn't you call that one? It's like the NFL with the No Fun League a few years ago when they just banned all celebrations, which was just yeah, and it's, and they're still fucking stupid. I mean, yeah, you can celebrate as a team, but also like again, if you're gonna do this NIL stuff and you're gonna actually let players have personalities in college, then just just let them celebrate. Like, can we just can we just stop this shit? Like, what what are, what are you getting out of this? So, I don't know. I've had enough of bad officiating. Is that going to be? This is probably going to be a weekly segment. It's it's just. I don't want it to be. But I mean, Rich's refs rants. Again, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to like contribute to the the shortage of ref officials in youth sports or anything. But that's not what we're talking about. This is again. This is this is. Yeah, pro- don't be don't be a dick to your high school. You know your. High school kids, field hockey. Yeah, referee. don't ex- exactly. Don't don't expect me to back you on that at a at a fucking high school game. Those, those or, guys and gals are getting like fifty dollars and they're yeah. getting screamed at by assholes. Yeah, but, probably like a, a kid that just graduated high school last year and lives in his mom's basement. So just fucking leave him alone, okay? Like I'm, I don't have your back on that. But or they, they're somebody's grandfather because those kids don't want to get screamed at. Either way. That don't, too. Don't be an asshole. I don't know. Uh, so, but I am done with it. When it comes to this big money stuff, I'm done with the rules experts on all of the the broadcasts. By the way, again, like I, I stop making these guys. Dean Blandino. Yeah, Dean. Um, Mike Pereira or whatever. Like, no, fuck you guys. You're like, you're not a celebrity. Fuck off. Get off my TV. Anyway, um, I do want to. I want to shift gears to a couple of positives. Ohio State-Indiana game, I think it's cool that they're throwing up a few extra starters, quote-unquote starters, even though, you know, obviously there's only 11 starters, but, you know, guys that are obviously going to play significant snaps, I think that's a, a good development. So that's on, sure. that's on CBS. And then I like, uh, so we're going to talk about this game in a second, but on the ACC network, the see between Duke and Clemson, um, 
I think this was Command Center, ACC Network Command Center. So it's not normal ACC Network, yeah. but Command Center. So it's you like had its own to, channel, is what you're saying? I'm not sure. I, I need to figure this out because, like, like I think O line and D line coaches have been, you know, crying for this for years, and they finally got it at least somewhere where you have the end zone cam and you have the the wide view cam, or that's what's or it's yeah, not, just yeah, yeah, it's not all 22, but it's. But basically, you can see both angles playing at the same time. I think that's really cool. I don't understand why we haven't done this for a long time. Um, yeah, we have enough, you know, alternate broadcasts. We, with we the have the technology. And, yeah, we yeah, have the technology. So anyway, so that was the Clemson and Duke, the Clemson and Duke game, which we have to at least touch on. Duke beat Clemson. Clemson number nine. Um, you know, Duke at home beat Clemson twenty-eight to seven. Um, I don't, like, is it too early to say Clemson's in trouble? I mean, the dabble magic's gone, right? I mean, it's just like you can't lose to Duke week one. That just cannot happen. As but is Duke over what? double digit? You're a double digit favorite to Duke, and you lost. But is Duke the same Duke that we've Duke, always known? Is it is it old Dukey or? I mean, Duke was was laugh. They were the laughing stock of the. They were. They were. Year, but, last but I mean, year. but Colorado was the laughing stock too. So I mean, so what is? I mean, again, this is fair, nil. Nil changes the landscape a little bit. Now, granted, Duke's quarterback Riley Leonard. He 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 was actually, he's an old veteran now because he's been in at Duke. You know, he's there for a, what, a second year, maybe maybe more. I think it's his third. Yeah, I think. But I know. But I know he played last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what a cool guy. Like uh, you know the the. Text he gets uh, every pregame from his mom, uh, the you suck texts. I mean, that, those are just hilarious. So, it, what, what? So, he has his mom texting. Oh, his... yeah. So, <laughs> he doesn't think he has enough adversity. He thinks that he's kind of the man um, at Duke, and, you know, nobody is, is doubting him. He doesn't feel doubted enough. So, he, he needs some motivation, some external motivation. So, he, he told his mom to text him, you suck before every game. <laughs> I, I love he, that. he wears a he wears a bracelet that says you suck as well <laughs> you know I, just a little reminder talk about self-awareness so what we're talking about like a 21 year old kid that realizes he doesn't have enough adversity because he's you know because he's a white guy that goes to duke so he so he so he's like so i i need i need some haters and so he has his mom texting me easy to root for i mean i can appreciate it i mean like all the mean things that my mom had to say to me because dad was like in and out, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll cover that in therapy, not he- not here. But, uh, you know, but yeah. So, you know, mom said a lot of mean things to me as a kid. She says she, says she regrets it now, but um, I don't know. Yeah, you, you turned out all right. I feel like I turned out okay. Yeah. I like me. No, I don't. But <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. So you know, from Riley Leonard, uh, really, this was like billed as the quarterback battle of the week, or really maybe the year. Um, so you got um. Sorry, what's his name? Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler and and uh, Drake, Drake May. May. Yeah, thank you. So the and uh, you know watching this game, UNC um, South Carolina for those that. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I thought. I mean, yeah, UNC won the game handily, thirty-one seventeen. But based on what I saw, I thought Rattler was actually the better quarterback. Um, and May is kind of. I mean, again, this is just one game. Um, but May's kind of already been billed as the consensus number two pick and it's really just a battle for number three uh in this year's upcoming draft um i don't know i like rattler i think he needs to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker but he has to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker because uh 
uh, South Carolina's offensive line was overmatched. They gave up nine sacks. South Carolina gave up nine sacks? Mm-hmm. Wow. He was sacked, yeah, he was sacked nine times. Um, he needs to get – a couple of them, I thought he had to get rid of the ball quicker, but I, you know – I'm not – so uh, with the caveat that, you know, I haven't watched this game yet, I have to go back and watch it. Based off past tape, I'm not sold on Spencer, Spencer Rattler. Um, Are you sold on May? Last year sold me on May. I mean, he went nine and he brought he brought he quarterback to North Carolina to nine wins, which is very difficult to do. North Carolina, eh, I mean, you know, North Carolina's an up and down program, but I mean, Howell, you know, Howell's just there and had a few good seasons as that's, well. That's true. That's true. Um, no, I, I mean, and again, I just want to like put you know put the caveat on it that you know it's one game. But I just like I, I thought Rattler actually Rattler actually played better than May in this one game. I thought May I thought May made one bad decision, just throwing up a jump ball to his tight end in the red zone that easily could have been picked off. Um I don't know. Sometimes you can just say, you know, you trust your receiver and if it works out, it works out. Great. Um one of the inter- he threw two interceptions, one wasn't his fault, but one was, and they were up thirty one to fourteen at the time. And, you know, just throwing across his body, didn't, didn't need to throw it. I think you got to be smarter in those situations. So, these, you know, these are just developing quarterbacks. So, they're young guys, obviously. But, um, but I didn't see Rattler make those kinds of decisions. Fair enough, um, fair enough. And I didn't think that he really had the, the, the talent around him that May did. I will say, again, not watching the game, not surprised by the score with the, with the idea that I'm higher on May than I am on Rattler. But also the coaching. Uh, Mac Brown at UNC versus, you know, Shane Beamer at, at South Carolina, who I just don't know a lot about, but I lost a lot of respect for him in the, <laughs> in the, in the post-game press conference. Uh, why? Because he was bitching about not having a, a stat sheet at, at that press conference, which is kind of a weird thing to bitch about when you just lost. Didn't he say, like, that? Oh, that's fitting for tonight? Or yeah, something he's like, like yeah, it's, it's on brand or whatever he said, yeah. But then he, he goes, the clock was wrong the whole damn game. We're trying to kick an onside kick to start the second half, and we got to wait on the chain crew because they're eating a hot dog. That's the, that's the only disappointing thing about tonight is, is a direct quote to what he said. Not your offensive line. <laughs> yeah, not, not getting clobbered in, in week one against you know, a rival. Um, Mike, it, what, what happened after that? Yeah, what, yeah. what happened on that onside kick? Yeah, so they got the fucking onside kick. So it's, <laughs> it's not even like you can blame them. Like, oh, like, you know, they weren't caught off guard. They got the fucking ball, and then their offense proceeds to go four and out. Instead of three and out, they go four and on fourth down, and they fucking turn it over. So it's like, what the fuck are you complaining about? Uh, yeah, that's... Uh that's not a good look. I mean, it's it, and and what also, a fucking loser. And picking on picking on the the chain crew. I mean, like you know, I say officials. Like, I wonder. I mean, they can't be getting referee money. Are they getting paid? I mean, they might, they might not even get. They, me. they might get paid because it's Power Five, but but probably not much. It's not. It's not a day job. It, I have not researched this, so maybe it is. But I would be. And they got the motherfuckers got to eat. You know, maybe it wasn't their fault. Who knows? You know, I would like to look into this. I'd like to know more about the concession stand. If and you were, hot do- if or, you were uh, on the chain crew in this game, give us a call. Yes, please, or email us at selloutsports802 at gmail.com so we can so we'll we can, have you on yeah oh yeah absolutely I'd, I'd like to look more into this if you want to yeah like please please um <laughs> we're totally serious that is the email by the way so for for all uh all callers and 
I'm probably going to regret giving that out. <laughs> All right. Um, Mawson, you have a complaint about the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm a Pac-12 supporter. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit. Sad to see it become rest, the Pac- rest in peace. Rest in peace. I, I called it the Pac-4 last episode. Update. It's now the Pac-2. <laughs> um, but those two are holding on strong for now. But it, it's mostly ESPN is just glamoring about how they're 13 and 0 to start the year. It's like, okay, cool. They're one of the only. Like the Big Ten played the, played themselves, right? Yeah. Like the, the SEC, we just mentioned it, SEC and ACC challenged themselves with, with tough out-of-conference games to but start. But Mike, now it's not going to be a conference. Yeah, so they're 13-0. and 0. Oh, my God, congratulations. <laughs> Let's run through some of their wins. Arizona State nearly lost to Southern Utah. They won 24-21. to 21. I think they were 28-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay, so that's great. And in Tempe, by the way, at home. All right. Two of their wins, two of their 13 wins, are against San Jose State. USC beat them, and, mm-hmm. and was it Oregon State this week beat them? Portland State got clobbered by Oregon. Okay, Oregon's going to be good. 81 to 9, I think, just 80, off, off. 81 to not much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, they also beat Colorado State and Hawaii in those wins. So half of their wins are against shit programs, right? <laughs> like legitimate shit programs. The other, there's, you know, there's a couple somewhat respectable, and then I'm only impressed by. Colorado over TCU again. What yeah. a hell of a game there! Utah over Florida again. I'm not even high on Florida. I think Florida is is a program that is trending down. And I didn't. I didn't think that win was actually that impressive. But you got to give it to them because it's oh, it's yeah. a ranked game, it's, right? Yeah, it's so you, I I gotta I gotta give them that. And then Washington over Boise State. Washington. I mean, fifty nine to fifty six to nineteen. Fifty six to nineteen. Which, I mean, and Boise State's a ten win program last year, but. Um, again, not a power five program. So, I mean, those 10 wins are coming against teams that. And that one also like was actually a lot closer than that score. It was 35 to 19, I think still going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then, like, so it's just like the oh, wheels, the wheels kind of came off for Boise state that they, they let up. It was, it was actually pretty brutal. They let a punt that would have been down at the one roll into the end zone. And then it, it kind of seemed like the wheels came off. Yeah. Again, that. I am a pac 12 defender, like, especially on the East coast. I do think there's a bias, you know, you don't get to see all their games because their conference sucks and you can't get the pac 12 network anywhere. So that's a problem. But this isn't impressive. This should not be a storyline. Can we please fucking stop talking about how the Pac-12 is 13-0? and Probably not. <laughs> well, we will be able to soon because they're going to lose some fucking games. <laughs> yeah, but I, I still think their record will be a storyline because they just want to they want to present it. Anybody as, uh, that has paid attention to Pac-12 football over the past decade knows that it's a, it's a quality conference and they're just going to fucking beat each other up. They're all going to, you know, they're going to upset like... Top to bottom, it's a very good conference. The elite teams aren't as elite as the, the Big Ten is, and the SEC. Yeah. And it is funny, like and the lower quality teams can beat some of those upper echelon teams, and that's why the Pac-12 never has you know representation in the in the college football playoffs because they just beat each other up. So like they get disrespected usually, and now they're being the. It, the script is just flipped because they're not going to be a conference anymore. But right. shut the fuck up about beating Portland State. Just uh, stirring up controversy for controversy's sake, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's shift gears here to um, – I feel like, like it's like a running theme every week now. Uh, Jerry Jones is a stupid asshole. And, uh, it's either Jerry Jones or James Harden. So, yes. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be back to James next week, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll say something stupid. Um, but yeah, so so Jerry Jones 
it, it was it was like we kind of suspected. Uh, I think it was uh, rumored, but not necessarily confirmed that he didn't tell anybody about the Trey Lance deal. And now Jerry Jones himself confirmed that this week, saying he didn't even tell Mike McCarthy about the deal. I just this blows my mind that. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get too much into politics either, but maybe we should stop letting 80 year old men run football teams or the country as like, I'm not ageist at all, but Amen, brother. slow down. I'm just, I'm just saying slow down in your golden years. You know what I mean? Maybe push things off. If you're Jerry Jones, push things off to your son a little bit. Maybe let him hire, you know, a general manager. Somebody that, that actually knows something about somebody football. that actually watches fucking film. You know, like, like so, fuck you, Jerry Jones, because like, like it's disrespectful to the game, and he's one of the most influential owners too. So I'm sure I'm, I like, there's things that I'm pissed off at him that I don't even know I'm pissed off at him about all these fucking rule changes and everything like that. But he makes a deal because he looks at Trey Lance as nothing but an asset. Now I defended the deal. Yeah, so I have to but, ask you, um, not necessarily about the deal. We talked a decent amount about Dak and and his reaction to it. Does this change anything for you in in terms of Dak? Um, and, and how he handled the, do you, do I, okay. So like, I think this is how the conversation should go. I think there should have been a conversation with sure. somebody like Dak is your most high is your highest paid employee. So, I mean, as much as it annoys me that quarterbacks have the power that they do in the league that, you know, what they wield in the league, do I think it's a, a bright move for your $40 million quarterback to not even be aware that you traded for Trey Lance? I don't. I think you should probably give him a heads up. Yeah. No, and 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 not ask, not ask. Right. Right. Tell, but like, why not give him a heads up? And and I think you should run it by your head coach or your top football person who should be a general manager. But again, Jerry Jones is a stupid asshole. So, but yeah. So should you run it by Mike McCarthy to see if Mike McCarthy's seen something on film where he's like, no. Mike McCarthy's seen every play on film. Remember, that's that's how he got the job. Watched every play. Ever. I mean, I'm not even a Mike McCarthy. I think Mike McCarthy is not a good. He's head, a film head guru. Coach. He's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't defend Mike McCarthy, but I defend his instant. You know, I defend the institution of the head coach, and again, being the you know the highest football mind within Dallas's program. You know, <laughs> of course he should have run it by him. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I and like. Yeah, if Jerry Jones wants to have the final say, especially on a, a quarterback situation, you know, like that usually ends up being an owner level thing right. these days, quarterback on any any NFL team, right? But I just yeah, I uh, Jerry Jerry Jones is a stupid asshole. And uh, end of discussion. <laughs> I don't know. I that's don't know. Good, what, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I, I, I just I just think it's wrong. I, I talk about respect for the game. I don't think a lot of the owners do respect the game anymore. And you know, maybe it was maybe I'm a, a little too idealistic to think that they actually cared about football and not just money. I know it was always it's always been a business, but that's just a pure business move. And if you if you make nothing but pure business moves, you're going to you're going to be the NBA and you're going to be full of a bunch of. Hey, hey, mer- hey. Nope, nope, nope. You're going to be full of a bunch of mercs and you're going to be. <sighs> Tory, Tory, James, Tory. We'll no, have, no, we'll have listen, our time. James Harden is the future. James Harden is the future of the NBA. That's that's. No, he's get, not. Get used to it. Yep, dude. No, he's not. Give it, give it ten years, and you'll be me, and you'll be like these motherfuckers. You'll see. No, nope. you'll see. No. Nope. Um. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph retired. Kyle Rudolph retired. <laughs> he's the uh, he's the last last person to catch a touchdown pass from Tom Brady. Um, two time Pro Bowler in his own right. So you know, just a shout out to Kyle Rudolph. Um, 
Chandler Jones is pissed. Um, He's mad online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with some since-deleted uh, tweets, apparently, or was it tweets or was it Instagram or what's going yeah, on here? Twitter, yeah, I believe. Um, but he got locked out of the you know five days ahead of their first game. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, it was on Tuesday. Yeah, he posted. Um, they won't let me in the building though, and he thought that the team was trying to provoke him. Was that uh, who, who was that? Was that Jabril Peppers on Hard Knocks that uh, he he goes to the enter the the building code and it he had the wrong code and he's like, am I oh, getting no, cut? I, I, um, I missed this. It was a few years ago. It's it's a video. I'll have to find it. I don't know if it was Jabril Peppers. I think it was the Giants. But how does that even happen in an NFL? So. Like at NFL training facility, Chandler Jones was locked out. And then he said, so he said, fuck it. I don't want to play for the Raiders if that's my head coach or GM. I want Patrick Graham. <laughs> so um, defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. Where um, was he before? Chandler Jones? No, no. I know he was Arizona. Patrick Graham. Why does that name sound so familiar? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know where Patrick Graham was before. But yeah, so yeah, Chandler Jones, though, was Cardinals. And then, yeah, and then yeah. before that was Patriots. But. Man, they have a, I mean, they have an athletic family. I mean, John Jones. Yeah, uh, seriously. But I mean, I don't know. Are they all crazy? I don't know. I mean, Arthur yeah. Arthur Jones is probably the least uh, known of them, but he was a good defensive lineman. Yeah, Chandler Jones. I think as, I think as soon as he got into Arizona too, he was like, I think he was allegedly high on something and like roaming the streets. I think he got arrested. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That was right after he got traded yeah. from the Patriots. Right? Yeah. Um. Or traded or, or or let go. Like I think he actually did he sign him free agency with the Cardinals? He may have, yeah. And I, I think they let him walk. Either right. way, either way either way, the Patriots are getting destroyed for that because Chandler Jones, I th- I mean, I think in the last ten years he might he might have the most sacks of all active players right now. Yeah, like, I mean he's, he's pretty damn Bill up there. I mean, obviously the value of Chandler Jones is much higher than this, but Bill's big on his comp picks, right? Like you get you know, he probably got a third rounder, which is the highest you can get for yeah, for maybe. him yeah. type of thing. So uh, instead of you know forcing him to a team, kind of letting him choose, maybe that's it, or maybe you know he's just like I'll just get a comp pick later. Who knows? So anyway, no need to go that deep into it. I don't think the Raiders are really contenders, but Chandler Jones is a premier talent. So who knows? Maybe maybe a, a trade target um, and one last ride for Chandler Jones. Um, just also in uh, NFL, I don't know. Let's talk Chiefs Lions because that is in two days. The, yeah, you, your opener is coming up. You're telling me that you're high on the Lions, huh? You know I. I want to be high on the Lions. And the thing is, as the Chris Jones debacle continues, that's I think that, that plays in the Lions' favor. I, I, they're going to be able to play their kind of game. They're one of the only teams in the league that still employs a fullback. Um, Chris Jones not being in the middle. I mean, even though, yeah, he's more known for rushing, you know, being a pass rusher, but he, you know, he's still a run stuffer as well. Uh, Chris Jones not being out there could make a big difference, and I think that this could play – into the lion's hands a little bit. And I'm just not as high on the chiefs as everybody is again, you know, like they, they got through by the skin of their, yes, they are the defending super bowl champions. I understand that. But now that the defending super bowl champions without Chris Jones, which again, I will be on all year is a bigger deal than Tyreek Hill last year when they still won the super bowl. So I'm just not as high on the chiefs as, as most people. And I think the lions could surprise some people. They're not going to sneak up on anybody like they did last year, but 34, 21 Chiefs, Mahomes, 27, uh, 34. Well, like, let's just let's just do this. Let's, 295. What's DraftKings got? DraftKings got the line. Uh, the Lions are getting five and a half points on the road. 
you know what? I, I like the Lions there. I think I think this is going to be a close game. I I don't know if the Lions are going to pull it out, but I could see it being a field goal. Teams do, uh, tend to get a little like sleepy on banner night too, especially like they they go off to slow starts. You know, uh, the opening week and the Chiefs are honestly notoriously slow starters. Yeah. Um, I could and, see. I could see. I just don't. I, and I, again, early in the season, because a lot of those first two, three weeks kind of end up being more like the preseason games. While they, you know, while they come out of their sleepiness because they didn't actually hit all preseason, right? Um, I don't know, man. I th- so yeah, I think early early season games kind of fa- favor the defense a little bit too. Um, I don't know. I, I I just I don't know if the Lions are going to win it, but I think the Lions are going to keep it close, and I like I like them plus five and a half. I like uh, Isaiah Pacheco over fifty and a half rushing yards. I think he'll be a big part of the game plan, um, especially with you know Kadarius Tony is coming off a hamstring um, or MCL, excuse me, and they don't really have a bona fide number one right now. I think like, besides Travis Kelsey, obviously, like they're wi- the Chiefs' wideouts are kind of who's it going to be type of thing. Um, I think they'll just kind of pound the ball a little bit. I like that a lot. I don't, I would not touch Montgomery or Gibbs. The, the Lions backfield confuses me. Like, like last year they had Jamal Williams be the goal line back. And when they had DeAndre Swift, not, didn't use, utilize him really a lot. And now he's, now he's obviously on your Eagles, but uh, the, the Lions running back approach is almost Patriots. Like at this point, it, it just, you don't know who it's going to be week to week, really. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, they, and they might miss um, what's uh, their running back last year. Yeah, Williams, uh, Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I guess, I guess we're going to see in a couple of days. I just, uh, I like, I like what the Lions are building there. I don't really, again, I don't like their first round picks. I don't think they made sense, you know, linebacker and running back. But that doesn't mean they're not going to be impact guys. It's just you and know, Gibbs just can the catch the ball too as well. You, yeah, you know, no, so. I just, I just don't think the value is there. But man, the culture that Dan Campbell's trying to build, like it's a team I want to root for. And then on the Chiefs, it's a, it's a narrative I want to root for, where missing a defensive lineman is going to hurt them more than missing a wide receiver. Of course. Um, so yeah. Don't so, bet with your heart, Tori. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not betting anyway. And, again, <laughs> and I and I don't think the Lions are going to win the game, but I think they're going to keep it close. Fair enough. Um. Just a uh, one more complaint about about rules. This one in the NFL. This uh this emergency third quarterback rule. Um, that they that they basically it was an emergency measure to put it in this year because they like they they like enacted some bylaws or something. It was so urgent that they had to, like, go out. Special meeting. Of, yeah, they had to have a special meeting so you could have an emergency third quarterback as if that's going to – so basically this is all out of the wake of the Eagles and 49ers game where Christian McCaffrey had to take a few snaps and then, yeah, and then, a, you know, a useless Brock Purdy with, a, you know, with no arm, basically. Yeah, torn UCL, with a, right? With a torn UCL, um, you know, took most of the snaps in the second half. What, why, why is this? I don't understand why this is a big thing. Um, but, it, but it became a big thing because people like Debo Samuel, fucking idiot. I mean, this is back in February, so I'm, I'm dragging things up, yes. But Debo Samuel saying that they would have won the game. Let's keep in mind, Josh Johnson goes out, gets knocked out of the game, loses a fumble. I believe loses a fumble. And so by the time... You know, by the time Josh Johnson was out of the game and the, and the 49ers would have been down to their third quarterback if they'd had one, they were down 28-7. to seven. Yeah, they weren't coming back in that game. 
So, and let's talk about that. Like, when has a third quarterback ever won a fucking game? Like, especially when he came in cold. I, I'm, I'm, like, maybe a third quarterback that took reps, first team reps that, that week. But Jason Garrett is famous for a fucking reason. Because it's like, he's like the only time that ever happened. Yeah. Like, Willie, Willie, Beeman, the, the, Willie Beeman hasn't actually happened in the NFL that I can recall. Like, similar storylines, but... Right, right. Sorry, wait, you've seen Any Given Sunday, right? Uh, no, no. Oh, for Christ's sake. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, okay. Tried, I tried to play it off. So, I just, I just... Anyway, I think this is so stupid. You... The roster rules changed that you could have a 46th active player. Now, most teams... This was because of COVID... And a shitload of things changed as a result. But you could have 46 active players. It used to be 45, or was it 46, and you could have a 47th as a, as a quarterback. Thank I think COVID it's the 47th, yeah. So, no. anyway, basically, they changed it to you could just have an extra player. You could pick who, who you wanted that extra player to be. And now, like, this, it's this big thing because quarterbacks are God, and so now we need to, have, we need to be able to have an emergency quarterback that doesn't count against your roster, like, like what are you? T- like I'm I'm with it though. If we can if we can get Nathan Peterman into a game as an emergency quarterback and he can throw six first half interceptions, like let's. Or I guess at that point it would probably be second half because he'd be in the game, but um, it, it would take two people to knock him out ahead of him. But I mean, I'm all for bad quarterback play. Let's, you know, let, you're a defensive <laughs> guy, right? Like this is well, good that, for you. No, that's my point. Is that like again, like Debo is so stupid for saying that. Like, oh, really? Somebody who's worse than Josh fucking Johnson was going to come in and rally you back from three touchdowns. We'll down. always have that Nathan Peterman the, game, though. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> I just don't understand why this was so important. And I don't know. I I just have a big issue with it. Um, and I'm probably not going to be able to let it go. Uh, and the rematch is December. As far as the Eagles and 49ers go, the rematch is December 3rd. Um, I don't know, man. And quite frankly, I'm not, a, I'm not really sold on Brock Purdy yet. So I'm, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking shocked to that, that you have an issue with something regarding the NFL. That's, no, I know. It's, it's so off-brand for me. Uh, anyway, getting back to being the rays of sunshine that we are, right, Mike? Yes, sir. Um, let's... Uh, Let's let's wrap this thing up with our holidays, because every day is a holiday, right, Mike? Sure is. <laughs> you got to we got to celebrate every day, guys. Uh, we're kind of in the. I mean, yeah, we're 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 celebrating football being back, but we're celebrating yeah. the sports calendar right now because it's again, it's the best time of the year, sports wise. But you got to got to keep in mind, you know, we're, you know, we're we're, we're well rounded people, right? So we so we take a look at you know, we like to talk about stuff like fight procrastination day which is uh today uh the 6th of september but no today's the fifth oh today's the fifth you skipped Uh, today yeah labor day weekend got me all messed up yeah so um but yeah so september 5th is uh it's national cheese pizza day which how could i forget that i don't really i don't even really want to like celebrate that one because like I, i like pizza with some toppings on it so you know like i go like onions peppers and meatball maybe you know like I don't like if there's but an option. You, I don't want cheese pizza. Yeah, but like that's a good base. Like judge how good a, a pizza place is by going with their cheese. If it's delicious. And, oh, I see. You You're saying go, that's like the template. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's the it's the baseline. Like DeFazio's in Troy, New York. Like if you have not been, you got to go there. Like after this recording. All right. Well, I don't want to talk about pizza too much because I don't want to get sued by Barstool <laughs> Sports. So. <laughs> 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 um, 
Anyway, so let's move on to a couple of holidays for the ladies. Um, I guess, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like cellulite's more of a, a female problem, right? Or, like, you know, perceived as more of a female problem. Sure. I just want to throw this out there that, you know, ladies, love yourselves because you're, you're probably the only one that notices it anyway. It's National so, Cellulite Day. For, I, like, for, for those of you that don't know, I'm married, and so I have learned. The, uh, probably the biggest thing I've learned about marriage is that women are their own harshest critics. And so basically never criticize them because they already know. Because they've already been harder on themselves, and uh, another one for the ladies. Uh, 2006. It was that Katie Couric made uh, made history in 2006. I had no idea. This just made me think of Anchorman, basically. But she was the first um, solo network anchor, and that was in 2006. Oh, okay. But I just looked her up. I, I didn't like. I've heard the name before, but I couldn't put a, a face to it. Yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. It's it's Anchorman, not Anchor Lady. <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically what I thought of. And one of my favorite movies of all time just just on the on the record there but oh so you have seen it oh yeah yeah fucking about a. 30 times fucking a all right so now fight procrastination day i put this on there because really like you know this podcast is a result of you and i fighting procrastination because we kept like for those of you out there interested in starting a podcast yourself mike and i did about eight practice runs yeah, and, about eight or nine, yeah. And, More than uh, a handful. And a couple of them were actually pretty good, and we just didn't put them online because we were just like, nah, I'm not ready yet. No, nah, you know, like maybe we should start a website. You know, and then we were like, fuck it, let's do it. And, you know, I think like football season kind of gave us that push, but, you know, like good for us, you know? Like, so we fought procrastination when it came to that. Now I'm procrastinating starting the website, but we'll, we'll get there. And we're pr- procrastinating doing our homework until about an hour before the show, but. Um, we're improving. Uh, uh, yeah, well, like I don't, I don't think we're gonna improve on that one because <laughs> we're, we're doing a. What, what is, is it? Semi weekly, right? To yeah. do it to. A, I think that's. Not, yeah. It's not bi weekly. No, no, bi would be every other. Yeah, we're doing a semi weekly show, and it, uh, it, you know, so it's with a full time job. It's kind of hard to prep for a show. I feel like we feel like we're doing all right. Let's give ourselves some credit. All right, know? all right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, um. Now, I just uh, National Coffee Ice Cream Day. It's just interesting how things change. You know, I, I hated coffee and I hated coffee ice cream when I was a kid. I, I kind of like coffee ice cream. Coffee now, ice so. cream is very good. Yeah. Very, very good. I was not a fan for the longest time. It does I, like kind of wake me up. I don't know if it's just like a placebo effect or, or what it is, but I have to watch like when I when I eat it, because if it's like 9 p.m., I might be up for a little bit. It's yeah. probably a placebo thing. I know. I wonder how much caffeine is actually in there. Probably depends on the uh, on the brand of coffee ice cream. Um, so I just thought this was funny. So I'm going to fast forward for a second, and I'll come back to tomorrow, September 6th. So today, tomorrow is National Read a Book Day. September 7th is Buy a Book Day, not National Buy a Book Day. Yeah, those, so, so those the, should be reversed, right? Uh, yeah. Let's also yeah. I, I, so I don't understand. I don't understand the order. I don't understand how this happened. I, also, let's give a shout out to nationaltoday.com. Um, they are where, where we pull all of these obscure holidays from. So thank you for that, nationaltoday.com. We missed you because you were down for like 24 hours. I, and, then we, and then when you came back, you were updated. So I, it seems like you, you've experienced some growth. Good for you. Um, <laughs> but So I just don't understand Buy a Book Day being after National Reading Yeah, I guess, I guess they're just hoping that you're... Uh, you at least have one book in your in your repertoire that you can can read before you have to buy one. I hope you do. If, and, you, if yeah, you don't hope, have a book, go buy a book. Yeah, please. I mean, I have a problem with buying books and not reading them, but at least have some books in your house. Yeah. You know, just like in case you have somebody over. I don't know. Like, but, yeah, actually, you can't see any of my books right now, so you probably don't think you probably think I'm illiterate. But I do have 
not that many, but I have probably seven or eight books littered around this place. That's true. For those of you listening, we we do this in Mike's apartment that uses a Christmas tree for lighting. <laughs> Got to keep it classy. <laughs> I love it here. Well, I, I I wanted our podcast to be called Mike's Apartment, honestly. So, um, anyway, but I need to rewind back to September sixth. So this day in history, 1915, the first tank was produced. So I just thought this was fun because you know why they called them tanks? No, I don't. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on, and nobody knew what a tank was yet. So basically, because they were so ugly and basically shaped like a water tank, they called them they called them tanks to like hide hide the fact that they were producing a weapon. You know, in case like spies were in yeah. over in their country. So the first one was produced by the British, and they called it a tank. Because they're like, oh yeah, this is a water tank. Like, actually, no, it's a it's a I'd, I'd, it's a revolutionary just, weapon of war. I yeah. just learned that without a book, like fuck I, books. Who needs books? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that they resembled the shape of a water tank until you kind of like put that in my brain. Yeah, I, my so mind's kind of blown. That's where that's where and now like think of all the connotations you use tank and you know like especially in sports. Yeah, right? definitely. So. Um, and also in 1995, Baltimore Orioles shortstop Cal Ripken Jr. broke the record for consecutive games played. This is, you know, one of those uh, showing the clash in ages between me and Mawson because he wasn't even born yet. Yeah, but I thought was I was. Uh, I thought I saw it on uh, Sports Center the next day, but it, nope, it was 1995. You said 1995. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not born. I guess I've just seen replays. I also didn't know he was a shortstop. Maybe you did. I think he he was a shortstop and third baseman. I, I had him pegged as like a right fielder for some reason. I don't know. Left or right field. I, I did not. But you're right. I'm wrong. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um, all right. And, and the aforementioned uh, September 7th is buy a book day. It's also National, National Beer Lovers Day. I don't, I don't really drink. Um, I'll part, am, I, am I allowed to say uh, that I partake in an edible every once in a while? Uh, like that's, yeah, it's, uh, like, it's, it's legal in, it's, in, our reco- it's, in our recording state, you know? You're, yeah, so we're okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, but Mike, are you a beer guy? I like beer. Nice little draft beer on a college Saturday at a bar. You know, you just it, it goes down nice and cool, and you, you got college football on the on the TVs, and you're watching four or five different games at once. It's it's a nice ambiance. All right, and uh, and also, yes. Yeah, uh, speaking of of states, uh, so it is National New Hampshire Day, which like so I assumed it was the birthday of New Hampshire. It's not. It's just the day that the federal government chose to recognize New Hampshire. And it's a, it's a good day. I mean, September is pretty, pe- you, it's really late September you want to go. It's like peak New Hampshire, like the foliage and uh, just like it, New Hampshire is beautiful. Like I, I grew up there. You, you, you lived there for, for some time. And yeah, we mentioned this, you know, cause we, yeah, we're not going to put like national Idaho day. You know, yeah, no, it's so like, it's we both have ties to New Hampshire. Underrated so. state. Um, yeah, I mean, live free. We we literally, it's the best motto ever. Live free or die. Best motto ever. I don't like. I thought it was so cool that you didn't have to wear a seatbelt growing up, and now I'm just like, I probably probably should. Seems a little but outdated. You have but the choice. You Mike, do. You can, you can live. You choice. can live free, or you can die in a car crash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that seems like, yeah, man, we really are rays of sunshine. Let's. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being here. Yeah, we're like, yeah, wow, we're running at 120. We we never have a shortage of material, that's for sure. Um, but uh, keep showing up. Website will be coming up. Uh, follow us on all the socials except TikTok, basically, but definitely Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and websites coming soon. And uh, we appreciate you. Keep coming back and listening. And yeah, this is only going to keep getting better. I'm excited. Thank you, guys. All right.